Hey, this is Pastor John Newald at Redeemer Church in Fridley. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer for you is that this message helps deepen your relationship with God and leaves you feeling encouraged. For more information about who we are, message notes, and discussion questions, visit us at RedeemerMN.org. There were two prostitute women who were living together, and each one of them had a child. And they went to sleep one evening, and in the middle of the night, one of the women rolled over, and her child was killed. So she got up during the night, and she took her dead child and laid it with the woman who was sleeping and took her child. And upon waking up that morning, she, the one whose child was still alive looked at this child that was dead, and she realized that this was not her child. You know, you moms that have had babies, you know who your peeps are. So the other one, woman said, no, the living son is my son. The dead one is yours. But they bickered back and forth about that for quite a while. And they argued before the king. And then the king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While the other one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. So the king said, bring me my sword. This is in First Kings. You can look it up. So they brought a sword for the king and he gave the order to cut the living child in half and give one half to each woman. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved and with her love for her son. And she said, please, my king, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king made his ruling. Give the living baby to the first one. Do not kill him. She is the mother. And when all Israel heard this verdict the king had given, they hailed the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Did you catch those words? They hailed the king in awe because they saw that his wisdom had come from God. So who is this wise king, and exactly where did his wisdom come from that he possessed? King Solomon was the third king of Israel and the son of David and Bathsheba, the former wife of Uriah the Hittite, whom David had killed to hide his adultery with Bathsheba while her husband was on the battlefront. Solomon probably was about 20 years old when his father, King David, died, and the mantle of leadership was passed on to him. He inherited a kingdom that was very stable and very well managed. And you can read more about the political upheaval at that time in 1 Kings. But I want us to go back to the beginning of the chapter to see where the wisdom came from. You know, one night Solomon had a dream. And God said to him, ask for whatever you want from me. Solomon answered God and he said, you've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this day. Now, Lord my God, you've made your servant king in place of my father David, but I'm only a child, meaning he really didn't know how to handle this. And I don't know how to carry out all these duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people that are too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between what's right and wrong. And then the Lord pleased, was very pleased with Solomon's response. 
And he said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment to administer justice, I will do what you have asked. I'll give you that wise and discerning heart so that there will never ever be anyone like you from now until forever. And so he gave him the stipulation I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you'll have no equal among kings. And if you walk, if you walk in my obedience to keep to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I'll give you a long life. And then Solomon awoke and he realized that this had been a dream. But I think we can learn from this that God desires you, yes, you, to ask him for whatever it is that you want him to give you. So this wisdom Solomon had did come from God, and he asked God for it, and it was given abundantly. Solomon's wisdom inspired him to compose thousands of proverbs and songs. In 1 Kings 3.12, tells us that Solomon was given a wise and understanding heart. 1 Kings 4 also emphasizes that his wisdom was measureless as the sand on the seashore. And even Jesus himself speaks of Solomon's wisdom in Luke 11.31, where he talks about how the Queen of Sheba came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here, and Jesus was referring to himself. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what do you want God to give you? What do you want him to give you? Do you want him to give you wisdom? You know, one of my constant prayers in my life is that God would grant me wisdom. And I have consistently, through my years, experienced him answering my prayers for wisdom in every aspect of my life. And as so often how the Lord does when you prepare a message to give, I was brought back and reflected on that continual request to 16 years ago in my life when I received an unexpected cancer diagnosis. And verses which are my life verses, I clung to during that time. And they actually are words that Solomon penned himself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil for this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So what is this wisdom that Solomon had and that we too seek? Wisdom and knowledge are related, but not synonymous. You know, the dictionary tells us that wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience or reasoning. We know knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. One can be knowledgeable without being wise. God desires us to have knowledge of him and what he expects of us in order to walk in obedience to him. But as equally important as having knowledge of his commands is having wisdom. Knowing facts about God and the Bible is not all there is to wisdom. God gives wisdom as a gift. James 1.5 states, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God blesses us with wisdom in order for us to glorify him and use the knowledge we have of him 
not for our own benefit, but for the advancement of his kingdom. And James further describes for us the difference between earthly wisdom and God's gift of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Don't you just thirst for that kind of wisdom? Wisdom that is peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit? And where exactly in your life today do you want to experience that kind of wisdom? Right here and right now. You know, Solomon not only exhibited wisdom, he was faithful to follow through on his father's request and build the temple. King David had spent the latter part of his life accumulating the materials that were necessary to build that great temple for God and for the worship of God. The building of temple was a huge undertaking, and it actually took seven and a half years for that to be accomplished. And as Solomon gave the prayer at the dedication of the temple, you could hear his words just drip that he had a heart for God as he recalled all that God had done for the people. Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands, decrees, and laws that he gave our ancestors. And may these words of mine, which I've prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. And may your hearts be fully committed to our Lord our God, to live by his decrees and obey his commands at this time. Friends, God gives us wisdom to stay committed to him and live by his commands. You know, as life continued for Solomon, he built up the kingdom with lots of building, trading of goods. He had ships that monopolized the sea lanes. He maintained peace with all those nations around him. And the wealth of the nation just kept growing and growing and growing. And yet, and yet with all of that, he found himself slipping away from the Lord. You know, part of the culture of that time was for him to marry foreign wives. It was good politically, but it was a spiritual descent for Solomon. Those foreign marriages brought in foreign religions, and as time moved on for Solomon, he was led into compromise. Those words he shared in that prayer that I just read to you at the temple dedication were now only a distant memory, a distant memory in his mind. And to pacify his many wives, Solomon did go ahead and engage in the worship of foreign gods, which was a terrible breach of his covenant that he had with the Lord. 
And unfortunately, his disobedience later bore fruit in a divided kingdom in the reign of his son Rehoboam. God gives wisdom for relationships and activities that keep us close to him. So another question for you. What relationship or activity in your life is pulling you away from the Lord? And as he reveals to you what that is, are you willing? Are you willing to release it to him? You know, Solomon even wrote about the high price he paid for rebellion against God. The entire book of Ecclesiastes describes the misery and helplessness that comes from a life that's lived apart from God. One of the repeated phrases there is meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. But deep, deep within that book is a nugget of gold that comes from the Lord. It's found in third chapter, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yes, God has set eternity in our hearts. In every human soul is a God-given awareness that there's something more than what we experience in this world. And with that awareness comes a hope for us that does not disappoint. The word eternity in Hebrew, alam, refers to God's placing that eternal longing or sense of eternity in our heart. Yes, each and every one of us possess that innate awareness that there is something more. There's something more that we can, than we can experience than the here and now. I believe that Solomon felt that longing in his heart. His life began with great promise, but it came to a tragic ending. He searched for purpose and meaning later in life. He tried it all, he had it all, and he finally concluded that true meaning comes only in a relationship with God. Remember earlier, I mentioned Luke eleven thirty one, 31, where Jesus talked about the Queen of Sheba and how she went to meet Solomon. She came from the ends of the earth to listen to that wisdom that she had heard about. And now something greater than Solomon was here. And that something is Jesus. Solomon asked for, he received, and he spoke of God's wisdom. But Jesus is true wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, we read, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Jesus Christ, my friends, is true wisdom. And John 14.6 tells us that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when he says he's the way, he's saying, follow me, and I will give your life meaning and purpose. And when he says the truth, he is saying, I will lead you into absolute truth. And when he says, I am the life, he's saying that through him we can have new life. We can have abundant life. And we can be sure of an eternity in heaven with him. And to know and love and follow this Jesus is to own the treasure of ultimate and eternal happiness. Paul, in his letter to the church in Colossae, tells us, in order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yes, 
In Christ, there is treasure of wisdom. Friends, we have a God who desires us to ask him for anything, absolutely anything. Nothing is too big and nothing too too small to ask him. He gives wisdom as a gift to each and every one of us to stay committed to him in our relationships and in our activities and to live by his commands. And let's not forget that he is the one that has put eternity in our hearts. You know, I don't know how the Lord has spoken to you individually over these last three weeks, whether you have heard the messages here in the building or you have listened to them online. One thing I do know to the core of my being is that he has spoken to you in some way. And my prayer for each and every one of you, as you recall these words of the Old Testament, is that you will be changed and that you will spend time in the Old Testament. There is so much in there that we can glean. So I'm going to have my sermon closed today by song. I want you to just sit back and may the words that are sung over you today penetrate your heart and your mind. Ancient words ever true 
Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this message and you would like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give at RedeemerMN.org give. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single message.